Hey, it's two weeks until I announce the winner of the All My Friends Are In Bar Bands Fucked Up Ticket Giveaway. Fucked Up are coming to Australia. You know all about them. You know how fucking great they are. You know that they are unmissable live. And I'm giving away two free tickets to a show of your choice. All you have to do is email barbandspod at gmail.com. B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. What do I need from you? I need your name. I need your number. I need your show of choice out of Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. And I need to know your favorite episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Just so I know you listen. Barbandspod at gmail.com. Hit me up. Let's do this. Let's get you to see Fucked Up when they come to Australia this October, playing at the Corner Hotel on the 9th of October, Oxford Art Factory on the 10th of October, and Crowbar in Brisbane on the 12th of October. Let's do this! This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the gadigal Wongo people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to Elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was always will be Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. Romans, countrymen, we are back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. My name is David James Young. It is so, so great to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks so much for checking this out. Really, really appreciate your time and your investment into what we're doing over here. All right, let's get into it. Today's episode is with Foxing. We spoke to Connor and Eric from the band while they were in Australia. Uh, You might have caught them back in... Oh my god, this would have been an end of February, start of March we're talking here, because they came out and they performed at Farmer and the Owl Festival, alongside previous guest of the show, Mr. George Clark from Deaf Heaven. We also have uh, one other leftover uh, episode coming up from that particular era, uh, which we are finally getting to. (laughs) I'm sorry some of these have taken so, so long to get up, but... Yeah, just shit got in the way and other stuff took priority and things like that. But uh, yeah, I am powering through now. I am planning to uh, rid the archive and and start afresh as soon as possible. So uh, I want to work through these and and get these up. So let's talk a little bit about Foxing. As I mentioned, they are a uh, experimental kind of... uh, Emo emo Revival indie rock band. Uh, They come from St. Louis, Missouri. And in 2018, they put out their third album, Nearer My God. That's what they were touring in support of uh, when they came to Australia for the first time as a part of the Farmer and the Owl festivities. And yeah, I spoke to Connor, their lead vocalist, and Eric, their guitar player. Uh, I'd never met them, uh, obviously, because I hadn't been to Australia. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, we hit it off pretty quickly. And, yeah, they had some really uh, unique and interesting stories to tell. And, honestly, could not have been nicer guys. So, I'm really, really stoked that we got to do this. I want to give a big thank you to Kat Clark uh, over at 
Cooking Vinyl Australia for helping to set this one up, as well as Renee Rudolph over at XIII Touring uh, for liaising this one. And a big thank you to Connor and Eric for having a chat as well. Uh, we got pretty in-depth into it, you know, we kind of talked about everything that uh, these guys have been through since they started the band, and indeed before they started the band, and uh, everything else that they've been working on uh, over the years, so yeah, this one was really, really cool. I, I Like I said, I, I always really enjoy these kind of like blind date sort of episodes where I'm getting to know a band, uh, and you know, they're getting to know me, etc., and you know, we, we kind of talk about the commonalities and, and the the things that bind us all in, in terms of being fans of music and playing music and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, this one was really cool, and I really, really hope you dig it. If you like what you hear, uh, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could make your way over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Five stars, please. That would be fantastic. Don't forget to subscribe, of course, if you haven't done so already. You can do so by finding bar bands on basically any uh, podcasting platform that you can think of. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, indeed any podcasting app that you use. If you type in bar bands, we will be there and we would love to have you as part of the family. But yeah, as, as I tell you, this is an entirely independent uh, endeavor. I'm doing this basically all on my own. I do get a little bit of help with the audio and stuff like that. As always, a big thank you to Mr. Adam Buncher, our regular engineer, for helping to make this one sound pretty. But everything else, it's just me pushing this stone up the hill. And uh, any little bit of support that you can provide is very, very much appreciated. So thank you so, so much for that. On that note, if you would like to help support this podcast and myself financially, uh, you can do so uh, by considering to support me on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you get exclusive access to bonus content and new columns and various bits and pieces that I'm working on at any given time. So that is the best way to support me and my work and uh, also gain uh, complete access to everything that I'm writing and working on through the podcast, through my writing, through my music, all of that sort of stuff. Would love to have you on board. So head over to patreon.com slash David James Young if that is at all of interest. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do so heading over to barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. If you are interested in getting in touch regarding sponsorship, advertising, uh, maybe uh, pitching a guest for the podcast, uh, any any and all feedback is very, very much appreciated. Would love to know what you thought of this episode, any of the previous episodes, what you're liking, what you're not liking, anything. Barbands, as I continue to say, is open for business and we would absolutely love to hear from you. Barbandspod at gmail.com. All right, let's get into it right now. This is my chat with Connor and Eric from Foxing.
Hi everyone, I'm David Chimchong and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friends, Foxin. Hi! Hello! Please introduce yourselves, guys. Uh, I'm Connor Murphy, I sing in the band and I play the trumpet. And I'm Eric Hudson and I play guitar and do some other stuff. Cool. Can you play trumpet? I cannot play trumpet. Are you the only one in the band that can play trumpet? Yep. That's what? the only reason I'm in it. Yeah, fair enough. Scott never dies, baby. That's, that's right. That's pretty much every single time I've ever told people what I play in the band. Mm. They're like, oh, cool, a ska band. Yeah. <laughs> it's back. It's ska season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really is coming back, though. <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs> please, please tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> It's Thursday afternoon, and uh, we are in Sydney, and Foxing are in Australia for the very first time ever. Mm. Exciting times. Oh, yeah. Albeit somewhat tumultuous. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's been... We've had a lot of travel difficulties uh, getting over here, and a bunch of... I don't know. We had a bunch of mis- mishaps. Mm. Uh, our audio engineer is like got canceled, so he had to come in a day late and got super jet lagged and then we just had a pedal board uh get destroyed uh and also before that all of our luggage was temporarily misplaced on the flight to melbourne now so it's it's really been uh, insanity later (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) every flight has fucked us so far yeah yeah we've been (laughs) we've had bad luck but with that being said uh it really has not dampened our spirits on this. I think it would if we were going to like Bismarck or something or like Trenton, New Jersey, but mm. we're here and this is like a total dream come true for all of us. I feel and most people I tell that to in Australia are like, why? Why do you care about this? But for us, it's like we watch movies like Kangaroo Jack. Oh, of course. And, uh, and we get excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the greatest Australian yeah. movie of all time. Yeah, of course, starring that famous Australian, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, and the other one, Anthony Anderson. Yeah, the yeah. very same. Not <laughs> <laughs> even the kangaroos real in that movie. No, no, no. <laughs> they can't put actual sunglasses and a hoodie on a kangaroo. <laughs> Beat the Not shit yet. out of someone. <laughs> Be a brave man, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> so you played your first... Australian show last night? Yeah. Yep. It was insane. I've totally beyond any expectation we could have had. Uh, we really went into this thinking that nobody was going to be at these shows. Yeah. We thought this was going to be just kind of a vacation where we lose money. And yeah. uh, I mean, half of that is probably true. But mm-hmm. honestly, the show was packed. Uh, it was one of the rowdiest shows we've played in a long time. Yes. Yeah, I think... I think it really uh, blew us away. It blew our minds to just see that many people uh, giving the response that they did. Yeah. It was awesome. A lot of index fingers. So lot, many lot index points. fingers. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of sweaty people, including us. I did a shoey. Yeah. Wow. I I really didn't like it. Ugh. Why would you? They're terrible. <laughs> I'm like a, a notoriously given to peer pressure, so sure. it was. Uh, and it wasn't even that many people. Most people were saying, please don't do this. Including, uh, including everyone on stage. Everyone on stage <laughs> really didn't want me to do it. Well, it was just like, honestly, if you if you woke up today and you were sick, like I was going to be extremely upset with you. I knew, I also like, knew yeah, that. This is a real hate to say I told you so, yeah. right? Well, it's yeah. also, so after, everybody was kind of like, oh, it's funny. But then afterwards, we just kept hearing people talking about getting diseases from doing shoeys. Mm. 
Um, our tour manager in Melbourne uh, said that he got like a throat infection after doing one. Uh, and then as he was saying that, I just saw everybody in our band just looking at me, like shaking their heads. Yeah. Just like, you just completely fucked us over. Oof. But I feel totally fine, and I think I'm going to do another one, so. <laughs> <laughs> I almost lost one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep doing them. I'm going to bring it back to the States. All too. right. Fantastic. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> I, in all honesty, I'll never do anything like that again. That was the grossest thing. I've ever a supposedly done. fun thing I'll never do again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you're watching on TV, listening to on the radio, stuff like that, to being something where it's like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to play instruments. I want to be in a band. Stuff like that. Um, tell me a little bit about how music kind of affected into like your childhood and if there was any kind of like switch on moment for you well I think Eric's probably got a more intimate cool story of it I grew up in a family of everybody played instruments in like uh, concert bands right yeah 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 so uh, for me whenever I hit uh, about six or seven years old uh, I just started in playing trumpet and then French horn mm-hmm. uh, playing in the concert band in school and then jazz band uh and it was just kind of a thing where it was just following in my brother and sister's kind of footsteps. It was just a thing to do in my family. Yeah. Um, and eventually from doing jazz band, I started playing bass. Uh, and then actually Eric and I, uh, Eric let me join his band when I was about 12. Right. Uh, and then we started playing shows. I think since then it's been uh, that kind of thing. But for me, it's always been just follow what my siblings do. So Yeah. Mine's not a very romantic story. It's just <laughs> more like I felt like I had to do it. Yeah. What about you, man? No one in my family is, is musical, like, yeah. at all. Like, yeah. not even a little bit. Uh-huh. But I always had, like, sort of, like, a very emotional, like, connection to, like, music. Yeah. Uh, so, like, when I, my parents, like, divorced when I was really young. Right, yeah. And they were, they both listened to the same uh, Hootie and the Blowfish record, uh, uh, Crack Rear View. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is, like, a... I can't tell if it's actually a good record or not because it just holds such so, a yeah, yeah, it holds yeah, such a place in nostalgia. nostalgia. I go ahead and say, as a person that it, did, it wasn't nostalgic for, it's not a very good record. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you write a song as good as only want to be with you. Yeah. I will not. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn right. You <laughs> but yeah, it was it was like a thing where my parents, like going through like their divorce, both mm. would listen to that. Both bought that record independent of each other, and would listen to that record in the car, like driving yeah. me like wherever as a yeah. kid. And I remember having like a really like emotional like feeling like with that record yeah. because I, you know what I mean, like just because totally. of kind of the all the circumstances around it. I don't know. I think that kind of eventually grew into just like a, a curiosity, like mm. like a like a, a, a pent up sort of like anger within me also just like sadness yeah and eventually i started listening to music on my own like a lot of punk bands yeah. a lot of pop punk bands Jimi hendrix of you course, know like yeah. that stuff i found a greatest hits cd of, that my dad had yeah, yeah yeah um and then uh one day i was hanging out with my cousin who uh i would always spend time with as a, as a kid he was kind of like my older brother because i never i didn't have an older brother mm. <clears throat> and so i really looked up to him a lot and he started playing the electric guitar, and he had a Stratocaster. Right. And he, I was in his room one day, and he started playing, you know, the riff to Fat Lip by Sum 41. Hell yeah. And he started playing, like, you know, like, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, and he would just look up any song that I wanted to, like, see him play, and he would play it for me. And I thought that that was so 
cool. Like, yeah. my mind was just blown that, like, someone can play those songs, like, in real life. You mm. know what I mean? Really, since then, I, w- I was about 11 when that was happening. I just told my parents I wanted to learn how to play music. And yeah. luckily, they, they bought me my first guitar. And then I just, you know, ever since, I've just been doing it. And it's, it's been my... It's been the only thing that I've ever really latched on to yeah. in life, like, at all. Yeah, sure. And, and so, and here I am. Thank you, Darius Rucker. Yeah, thank you, Darius. <laughs> Ultimately, thank you, Darius Rucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go to that reunion tour? Uh, so here's the thing. Uh, it's coming to our town, and I wanted to go, and my roommate actually bought tickets to go. Yeah. And asked if I wanted to go. Yeah. And I said, fuck yeah, I want to go. Yeah. And it turns out that we're going to be on tour, and no! I'm not going to be able to go. We're going on tour with Hootie and the Blow, <laughs> <baby. laughs> The feel-good story of the year. <laughs> oh, god damn. Shit's yeah. on the night. That's brutal. Yeah. I do hope you get to see them at some point. Me too. Oh, I, I've, I've seen a lot of videos. I, I, I sound check sometimes with the song Time. Oh, yeah. mint. It's a good song. Hell yeah. yeah. Where'd you guys grow up? Uh, St. Peter's and St. Charles in Missouri. It's outside of... So St. Louis is like the big city in Missouri. Right. Uh, and so we grew up about... Uh, me about 20 minutes outside of St. Louis. Eric about 40-ish uh, minutes outside. And uh, really like for like, musically, it's like there's nothing going on. We, yeah. We're in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so we would drive it or get our you know, uh, siblings or parents who drive us into the city all the time for shows. Uh, when we started playing our first shows, uh, we would have to get rides out there. But yeah, really from a, a kind of a nothing suburb mm. <laughs> where we're from. So was it kind of the thing where it was just like, I, I, I grew up in a small town as well, where it's just like, if you find anyone with the same like niche interests, it's like, well, we have to be friends now. Like, <laughs> I don't have anybody else yeah. to talk oh, to. Yeah, definitely. It's just whoever's around at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when uh, I first joined Eric's band uh, when we were kids, I really didn't know anything about uh, a, a lot of the music that I uh, grew to really love like my favorite records. Uh, I didn't know anything about Seeger Rose or Radiohead or mm. just a ton of explosions in the sky, a ton of bands that now I consider to be like my favorites. Yeah. Uh, and I think the only reason why I got into them was because other people that played music around me uh, were telling me like, well, this is what's cool. This is what mm. you have to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, outside of that, it's like the other people at my school would just, you know, we're just listening to country and stuff. Yeah. Well, and like dubstep was popping off. Dubstep, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, time, yeah. So, yeah. Primo shit, right? Yeah. Primo <laughs> dubstep. Ooh. I mean, honestly, like, now that we're a little further away from it, I, like, respect it a lot more than I did at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, like, I kind of, I, I get, like, at the time, for me, I thought it was cool to hate it because everyone liked it. Oh, yeah, sure. But now it's, like, while it's not necessarily my cup of tea, like, mm. I, I get how that was revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. You, you see know something I mean? like Bangarang, you're just like, well, yeah, of course kids are going to go fucking mental to yeah, that. Yeah, like, it was it was totally a new thing. Yeah. I was also on the complete opposite side. I mean, we were both still in that band together, but I was going to raves and doing Molly and stuff that whole time. Yeah. So I was, I was deep into the, like, rave culture in St. Louis. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Throughout high school. Yeah, those are, those are some dark times. Oh, wow. <laughs> But really cool culture. Oh, sure, yeah. 
Like, what were you, what were you jamming? Did it, like, Faithless? Like... It's like, uh... Caspa. Yeah, And, yeah. uh... Fuck. Like... Borgor. Mm. I don't know. You know, like classic... Bass Nectar? Yeah, Bass Nectar. Yeah. Damn. I was... At the time, it was, like, really just all about uh, remixes for me. Yeah. Like, when people would just take, like, you know, Lil Wayne songs and just give some wubs to them. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I really, really loved. It's, like, the first time I ever heard dubstep, I was just like, this is the future music. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is. I mean, it was. Like, it really was. Admittedly, yeah, like, yeah, like it, it's amazing, but admittedly, like, I got real into dubstep specifically for drugs. So, it's, you know, I can't I'm kind of a different... The fact of the matter is, you really can't find drugs in, like, the indie scene in yeah. the same way. <laughs> so, at uh, what point do you, your paths cross? About Twelve and thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Eric's band uh, was called Torchlight Red, and uh, they had just removed their bass player. Mm-hmm. And I had a, a period of like tryouts that lasted a, a, quite a while. Uh, it did not last that long. It lasted a pretty long time. Okay, like real, like real talk though. Like after the first practice, everyone was like, "Yeah, like it." He's gonna. It's cool. Well, but that's, then, but that's then, funny because then we just that. Yeah. we just wanted like a little bit of. It was a little bit of hazing. Yeah. It was a little bit of like, yeah, I don't know if I you're mean, in yeah, the band. Yeah, kids, we're literal kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm 13 and he's still holding this against me. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, the, I, there's also um, we didn't know who was going to be the singer of that band. Right. Uh, like I knew I was playing bass for it, yeah. Which has always been the number one thing that I always want to do in a band. Mm. There was a day that we were like, well, uh, it kind of felt like a thing where it's like, well, we're not really good enough to be an instrumental band, right? So yeah. one of us should probably be like singing and writing lyrics, but none of us know how to do either of those things. So we had a a song that was like instrumental, and uh, the four of us in the band, man, we had this horrible day where we all wrote lyrics separately and then all tried to sing them like you know on like a four yeah no we were trying to find who the singer was gonna be yeah we recorded them all (laughs) onto this like four track task cam that we had so all of us like gave it our best shot and i guess we decided that mine was like the least terrible i mean lyric wise i oh god that song's still on the internet Wow! Uh, please don't <laughs> look for it. It's uh, I don't, I don't know, know where it is. No. It's probably somewhere yeah. lost in the the data. Yeah, whatever. Miles of time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I started singing, and it was always like a reluctant thing. Yeah. Where it was kind of like process of elimination got me there, but yeah, and I, I don't know how it stuck because I really never wanted to like do the singing stuff <laughs> well it was just kind of a thing where like we're all really young and mm. like none of us are actually good at the instruments we play let alone yeah. singing as well and so i think it was just kind of it worked out mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's going okay yeah. <laughs> all right let's backtrack for a second do you guys remember the first time that you ever performed live uh yeah i do how old were you? Well, live in a venue or like live in front of your friends, like anything. Just, like, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm gonna yeah. say at a venue. I yeah, the first time would have been. Uh, oh, you know what? No, for me, it was whenever I played our my middle school talent show with yes. with that band. But Connor wasn't 
there because it was a different school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we played Smells Like Teen Spirit in- instrumentally yeah, wow. as, a, as a full band. And then we played oh, the original. Oh, yeah, just that awkward bit in the, in the verses. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, we, we played the verses, yeah, 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 and it's literally yeah, yeah, yeah. just two, two guitar notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's just everyone just nodding. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys win? There was, no, there was no there was no winning or losing, but there was another band that played with us and like it was like the it was they were a grade below us, but they their parents also played music, so they had like these huge like ah, full yeah. stack like amps and like super nice guitars. Fuck them. And they were they were called second string and they like bullied us. So we were like the underdogs. Oh man, that's brutal. Kids can be so cruel. Yeah, yeah they were they were definitely mean, but like also like they sucked. Well, <laughs> but so did I. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, they're on tour in Australia right now. Yeah. Fuck they, those guys. They might be. I don't know. <laughs> Get to the venue and they use support acts. They go, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Still giving you wedgies. Remember <laughs> us? <laughs> they have, like, amazing gear. <laughs> Still? They're still playing the same songs? <laughs> I would love that. Oh, they literally peaked in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what about you? Do you do you have any vivid early performance memories? Well, I mean, we played like concert band uh, shows a lot. Yeah, you know, like was that nerve wracking as a kid? Like, I can't really remember how I felt about it. Yeah, I mean, I was a baby. I was like, yeah. you know, seven years old. So yeah. it's like. Uh, and you know you're with all of your friends, and it's kind of, it's almost like it feels like a formality. Like yeah. you, uh, it, you know, we had a really great band instructor uh, mm. who was this incredible jazz saxophone player. He's a session guy, yeah. Uh, and he was really great about making everybody feel like it basically wasn't even a show. I think the scariest I ever felt was when we were it was jazz performances uh, because there's you know. You, he made it a point that everybody has to do like solos, right? And yeah. so, like doing a trumpet solo is just the fucking worst. It's like you, I mean, yeah. it's horrible. But uh, yeah, those were never the most terrifying things, especially because it's just a bunch of parents. Mm. Uh, nobody's you know going to boo you off stage or anything. I think the first actual show I ever played, I think was. The Midwest Music Pit? Mm-hmm. Was that our first show? That was like, yeah, the band's first show. Mm-hmm. This really, really bad venue in St. Charles. Right. Uh, like, the only venue in St. Charles. I wouldn't say it was bad, only because it was like, they would let anyone play. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they gave them a stage. Yeah. And like, sure, sure. the guy who ran it was like, questionable. But like, yeah. at the same time, like, you can't deny, like, a lot of young bands got to play this. Yeah. Sure. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If I mean, it doesn't. It's not around anymore. I would love to go back there if it was around and yeah. see like what it's actually like. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember it as a kid being like this huge place, and yeah. now it's probably like it's not. Yeah, probably it's, it's it's probably it's not as big small. as I remember. Yeah, you've um, grown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You're a little bit closer to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I do remember though. Uh, we just we were, we tried so many things that were just. Such weird ideas. Yeah. Was it our first show that we tried doing the saw? I think that was, yeah. Oh, I got like really... The, like, um, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have musical saws, but yeah. I just used a saw from, like, my dad's saw. Yeah. And just, like, tried to bow it. 
and we tried miking it, and it was just such a disaster. Nobody gave a shit. And that, but I also played my French horn during like a, a loud part of a song. It was a lot of like. Oh, not to mention, we brought a full size oh, right. church organ. What? And like carried it to the venue and put it on stage. <laughs> we were also, I mean, we were super into Arcade Fire and. Oh, sure. Anathalo, yeah. and just these bands that had like a million people Simple on stage. Time. Everyone had a floor top. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. and, like, and like a little like lack and spiel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we had that. Yeah, and I think we were just so into the idea of like bringing as many things as we could uh, because you know, and to this day, it's like that is how you kind of like make up for lack of. Uh, talent on your own instrument yeah. is to just have a bunch of them around. Yeah, totally. I mean, to this day, it's still kind of a thing where it's like, it's always a nice thing to watch people play things that aren't just guitars and basses. Mm. Uh, it, it's something for your eyes and something for your ears to kind of break away from like the same formula going on over sure. and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so high school ends, as it does for everybody, mm. and uh, you guys... Uh, is it still the same band or are you guys moving on to different projects so that band broke up at the end of high school yeah yeah of course yeah as they want to do yeah and then I don't know you had yeah well I was in another band uh it was like a real like um Algernon Cadwallader Cap and Jazz worship uh, band. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah uh so I was playing ba- yep tapping yeah uh and I was playing bass in that and doing like backup vocals. Okay. Um, and that band had like this. Uh, it had a good run. We did a two, like one tour for it. A small, like just a little small Midwest thing. And then uh, we came back. We, like we had a, in a couple EPs and a sort of full length record. I think it was like eight songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we called it you know full length. Yeah. And then uh, that band we had like a meeting where we were like the band's over uh and it was like okay cool and around that time our old bass player for foxing Mm. had uh contacted me to uh, start up foxing and i was saying like no i can't really do that right now i'm in this other band uh when when that one ended though we started foxing so that was uh me and john our drummer and then uh three other people yeah and then we just went through so many we went through a lot of guitarists yeah uh, and we put out a couple eps in that time um but when we released our first record that's when we had eric and uh ricky our guitarist right yeah so when and where was the first foxing show that was uh that was before eric was in it Mm -hmm. um that was at a space that we ran for a while. Uh, it was uh, a barcade John uh, worked at. Right. Yeah, that was with a band called You Blew It. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was, let's see, like 2012, 2013, Probably, something yeah. like that. And yeah, we played a few shows in St. Louis uh, after I, that. I saw Foxing play not in the band. Like, yeah, before, yeah, before right. I was in the band. And I was like, that was a great show. It was yeah. it was a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we didn't tour until the first record was done. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Not released yet, but done. And when uh, we had added Eric in by that point. Yeah. So when was your first show with the band? My first show with the band was the first show of our first tour. Right. So where where was that? That was a basement in Rockford, Rockford Illinois. Yep. And uh, honestly, for a basement show, it was pretty well attended. And yeah. I mean, I have, I mean, it was a good, it was a fine show. 
It was a basement show. Yeah. You know, it was very hot. It was a thing <laughs> where we had released a, a, an EP and a couple of splits mm. uh, before that tour. And it, it kind of had this, like, groundswell on the internet among people that were into bands like Dads or uh, Joie de Vie. Or like, just, like, the Emo Revival. Emo Revival, yeah. Yeah. And it, it just had this weird groundswell, so... Most of the shows were like in some way well attended, mm. which was very surprising to us. And also, the other thing to mention is that we had put up every band that came through St. Louis that was kind of a part of that scene. Mm. Uh, every time they came to town, we either ran the show, like we booked them a show at this kind of you know dinky DIY space that we ran, yeah. Or they would play a show and we would have them stay over at one of our houses. Yeah. Uh, so by the time we actually went out to do our own tour, we had made all of those connections and we were staying with those people or they were booking us shows. So it was kind of this nice, uh, organic kind of growing. Was it a real kind of roll of the dice, like going out there and, you know, visiting a lot of places that you'd never, like, didn't have any family, didn't have any friends, like, going to ostensibly for the first time properly? Yeah, I mean, I, I think any time you go on tour as a band that isn't, an established band, yeah. Uh, you're you're taking a risk, and you're definitely like spending your own money. There's not nothing about it is like glamorous or like fun. I mean, it is mm. fun, like when like you get to like party and like be with your friends and whatever. But like whenever you like kind of just take that part of it away, what it really is is a grind, and you're not showering, and it's like kind of terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But but yeah, I mean, I don't even remember what the what. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, it was definitely terrifying. Uh, we were so excited to be in a band that was on a tour. Mm. Uh, that was like the coolest thing in the world to us. But yeah, every every night was this terrifying thing. Is like, is anybody even going to be at the show? Are we going to have enough money to get to the next city? Yeah, you know, I, at that point we were all in college. Mm. Uh, we were going to school, and it was kind of the, it was really a thing where it was like more of a vacation than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all knew that we wanted to take it. Really Really seriously, and we wanted to try our best at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make it some kind of career if we could. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's always such a long shot. Yeah. And uh, and I think we had like realistic expectations with it. We knew it was just like for fun at the moment. Do you guys still have like part time jobs and stuff like that, or is it kind of the point where you're away too much to maintain them? We're away too much to have real jobs. I don't mean to say real jobs in putting any disrespect towards the jobs that we do hold. Yeah. John is a bartender at home. Right. Um, it's not like suit and tie jobs. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, like it's not nine, nine to five. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, just, we can't maintain jobs that actually uh, give us benefits or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, like we take kind of the work that we can get. I have another band that I sometimes, I've done like two tours with. Um, right. But that's, you know, that's like when it, it gets real, when money gets real low, then I'll try to do something with that. Yeah. What's that band called? Uh, that's called Smidley. Smidley. Okay. Smidley, yeah. What do you play in that? I just, I sing and I just write the stuff for it. So. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and other than that, like... Yeah. I teach, I teach like, guitar lessons oh, on the, cool, yeah, uh, yeah. when I'm home, and then I also... Like a Postmates driver sometimes. Yeah, sure. So it's like... I'm also a producer. I'm also I'm also a, a producer, um, getting some getting some work doing that, so that's nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. Excellent. Yeah, that's very. It's cool. kind of a new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with every band, like when you're starting out, especially when you're super young, like there's that classic like 
daydreaming like music biopic kind of moment where you know you think of something that that's going to happen yeah, as a band and you say that's that's like the moment that we've made it you know what mm. I mean and like do you feel like in your years of doing this band now like you've had any of those particular moments where like maybe you've played a certain place or you know met someone or, or played in a in a, in a in a show with someone anything like that where it, you know you look back at like your teenage self and they like would be like no fucking way you got to do that yeah I mean like I think those things have happened the the one thing about this band is that it's been such a slow 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 rise yeah, yeah. Uh, is you know we've been around for seven years mm. uh, and it's just such baby steps for everything that we do uh, I don't think there's ever been a moment where it's like what's like Mr. Big uh, coming into the basement and seeing yeah. you know Crucial what was it Crucial oh, Talk Crucial Talk Frankie yeah. Sharp, Sharp yeah Brand. Frankie Sharp yeah Sharp Frank. <laughs> uh, Mr. Big's from Sex in the City that's right well we also haven't had a Mr. Big moment either yeah sure yeah because we've never had anything like that yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's always been these like baby steps but I mean like there's been notable moments there's like on one of our one of our first tours or actually our very first tour mm. uh, we played this real wild uh, like a shed mm. show like a Bro, DIY shed floor. yeah Oof. just a really wild one uh, and we played it with uh, Empire Empire I was loneliest oh, state yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Joada V Keith uh, who ran Count Your Lucky Stars mm. was at the show and he saw it and it was a really great show there was like kids literally hanging from like rafters and like going wild and crowd surfing uh, and he signed us on the spot to Count Your Lucky Stars. That was a big moment for us. Yeah. yeah. After that, we had released uh, the record and uh, we put out a music video that started gaining some steam and people were watching it and uh, a few labels started contacting us and saying that we wa- they wanted to like sign us. We ended up going with Triple Crown, uh, who's the label that we're currently on. That was, you know, that was a big moment for us too. But even that was like this thing where it's like a long, drawn out over the course of months conversation yeah, about where yeah. we're going to go. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's bands we've toured with, like, you know, like Manchester Orchestra, like getting oh, to meet them. Amazing. And, you know, becoming, you know, friends with them. Like, yeah. Same with like Circus Survive. Sure. Coheed and Cambria, um, we yeah, just Coheed did that too. shit. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is like with touring with those bands, is like I think... That just because we've, it's been like a gradual climb and we've been touring this whole time even without getting those tours. Once you kind of meet those people, you just kind of recognize like, yeah, like you're, you're, a, you're just a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, you also man. know what goes into the job. You know, like it, it's not, I feel like, I feel like if my like teenage self uh, were to think about going on tour with Manchester Orchestra or mm. something, you know, like the, it would be this thing of like, oh my God, a, not only a tour, but like a big tour yeah, uh, playing yeah. these massive places. When in reality, it's like, it's still a tour where you're in a van and you know, you're, uh, uh, everything <laughs> you're gross and you're not showering and, <laughs> and you're driving these crazy distances. But um, it, it's cool to see them in a bus though. It's cool yeah, yeah sure. Like, it's like a, <laughs> That must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> just driving along the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, hey, guys! <laughs> not even looking at you through the tinted window. No, no. They, they would never. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that those, those tours would be a really crazy thing to think about 
like uh, as as kids. Yeah. For us now, though, I don't think there's ever been like a we've made it moment. I yeah. mean, like it, even coming here is like this amazing, astounding thing. Yeah. But having gone to you know Europe and uh, it, it's kind of just like oh yeah, it's a yeah. A, a flight tour. Yeah. <laughs> it's still really cool. It's yeah. just like it, it, I feel like we're at this weird point where it's like I don't really know what would uh, make us feel like we made it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that would be. Sure. I think, I don't know. Selling out Madison Square Garden. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the cards. Look it out. <laughs> you know, it, and I, I used to say my dream was always to play All Tomorrow's Parties. Uh, yeah. And I think that was always like my big dream. Mm. Uh, and that doesn't exist anymore. So I don't think yeah. I, I don't think I have dream. We have a, we have a great friend, Ian, who worked on the record, uh, he uh, he's an electronic producer. And it goes by Parisian. Okay. Uh, and last time I hung out with him, he a- he asked me like because we had just announced the Coheed and Cambria tour. Uh, yeah. He asked me, "Do you feel like you've made it?" And it was like, I don't know, man. I can't pay for health insurance. Like, <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, for like uh, on a, we do always recognize like from a from an outsider's view, it's like, yeah, I can tell that it's like. We've we've gained the success that uh, that we would have wanted if we mm. were like kids looking at it. You know, yeah. I think it, it's like more in the practical application of like, well, there's all these things that we actually really want and need that yeah. we don't have. Yeah. <laughs> well, because when, when you're a kid, you you know you go see your favorite band. Yeah, and 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 like a lot of our favorite bands growing up were like. Pretty like small bands, but like sure. we thought they were huge. Like we yeah. thought, oh, they must make money and do really well. Mm. Like Anafalo must be like all rich. Like mm. you know, what I mean? like you know, it's like to me or like some stacks, you know what yeah. I mean, or like who, like whoever. But like, and but now doing it and realizing like you know being a band that was a similar size as that band, and then yeah. going beyond it even, mm. and like just knowing like what it is that we're pulling in personally, it's like oh, like those people weren't. <laughs> <laughs> weren't at all making it like you know what I mean like they were just like they were touring because they wanted to be a band yeah. you know what I mean and that's that's just kind of yeah that's the way it goes yeah <laughs> it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to kind of think about that I mean yeah how, how, you, how you view it how you romanticize it as a kid yeah versus yeah, totally. once you're doing it what it actually yeah, is it's just like wow I'd mean, love to do that and then you're doing it it's just like I want to do something else now. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not bad. I, I think it's just... I think it's more... Nothing's like what you expect it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Totally. And, and, and I think that's definitely true of, of this. Yeah. And so, some of those things are, are bad, and, and but a lot of those things are good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah. No regrets. No mm. regrets. No. <laughs> Hashtag no regrets. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> So we're wrapping up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests. Now it is your turn, Foxing. I want to know about the best and worst shows that you have ever played. Mm. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Best show we've ever played. I think the coolest show, the the first one that pops in my mind is uh, on this last headline tour that we played. Mm. Um we were playing in Atlanta, which is always one of the coolest places that we get to ever play. Yeah. Uh, and we were playing at a place called The Masquerade. Right, yeah. And uh, 
And when we were about to come on, we play so uh, on that tour we were walking on to Only Time by Enya. Oh, sick! Uh, which is a always so fun. Um, huge, huge tune, and such a great song. Hmm. But uh, when that song was playing, like the lights, you know, went out. Like uh, you know, the lights came down. The song starts, and the amount of like actual scre- like screaming like anticipation. Um, Really, and in the way that it rose, whenever we actually like walked onto the stage, mm. seriously felt like a boy band. Yeah. Like felt we one. felt like in sync or something. Yeah, uh, and that was like I don't. I mean, like the show was awesome. Mm. It was like the one of the. I felt like we played really well. I felt like it was uh, one of the coolest, best sounding shows that we've ever gotten to play. Uh, but more than anything, it was it was really that the most validating thing in the world to like walk out and actually feel like a, like a, a rock star in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, and it's the only show that we've ever played that was really like that. Yeah, where where was actually like a deafening screaming happening yeah, from the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And it was sold out. It was awesome. Crazy. What do you think? What's your favorite? The best show that we've ever played. Boy, I mean, I I think a lot of those shows from the last headliner were really good. I think it's really hard to... Atlanta definitely sticks out in my head. Um, So does Chicago. There's a lot of Chicago shows that we've played. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, a lot of those shows in that that headliner were really good because I feel like it's the first time we put out a record where we were all, like, very on board with. And then at the same time, it was validated by our audience. And so, really, like, all of those shows were just mm-hmm. great for yeah. me. I mean, I, you know, I can't complain about any of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worst show. Owner if ours is the same. Wow. I mean, there's a... I mean, Wait, real quick. The distinction should be made. Worst foxing show? Worst it, show it we've ever played. It doesn't have to be a foxing show. Because... We'll, we'll, do, we'll do worst foxing show, okay, and okay, then okay. worst just general we, show. We know what our worst general show yeah, is, Yeah, I right? know what that is, yeah. All right. <laughs> Save the best. Of the wait, last wait, wait, let's say it at the same time. The Red Sea. Yep, the Red. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah. so, one, okay. two, three. <laughs> so the well, okay. First off, Foxing Show. I'm just gonna say was at a place called uh, Mr. Roboto Project. In <laughs> that, was, that was the one I was. That was one you were thinking yeah. Okay, that was uh, <laughs> truly. I don't think anybody was actually there to see us. I think some people might have stuck around from uh, the band that played before us. Right. It was, there is really just nobody there, and yeah. uh, I mean the sound was horrible, really and it was bad. just I, which. Who cares? The sound didn't matter because nobody was there to see it. Yeah, like uh, like like actually nobody. Yeah, it was yeah. like, <laughs> like you know, I think boss I think <laughs> I think there were three three people there that were there like from the band before us. Yeah, uh, and the band that played before us maybe played to like six people. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's just those three people, and I don't think they stayed the whole time. It was like. Oh man, it was the most disheartening thing in the world too because it's just so embarrassing to like finish a set. Mm-hmm. Like we played a full set. I don't even know why. It's like nobody was. I don't we, even we could have just not played. I don't yeah. think the promoter was there. So it's like we really. It was a practice more than anything. But I don't think that takes the cake over Eric and I's like together worst show, which is a place called the Red Sea mm-hmm. in St. Louis. Not around anymore. Not yeah. around. It was a cool little spot. Uh, there was a spiral staircase to get down to it that you right. had to load in through a spi- like a tiny spiral staircase. 
And this is in the same era where we were using that church organ. Full size oh, organ. No. It was full size organ. This can only end well. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, just in the worst way had to like get this giant organ down the spiral staircase, and we got everything down there. We put everything on the stage. We're like all jammed on. We have so much gear. You know, we still have the Glockenspiel. Yeah. We have my French horn. <laughs> there we was also all this stuff. There was supposed to be. Three other bands playing yes. with us, and they came. They they actually came down into the venue, saw that nobody was there, and just left. Yep. And so we were the only band that were played. And then our parents came. No, not all of our parents. Not all just of our, parents. our drummer's parents. Yeah, just, okay, oh. yeah, that's true. It was only our drummer's parents that were down there, and it was this classic thing of like, again, why did we play that full set? There's no reason to. But I mean, like for us, it's like just playing on a stage was like cool enough. So we played, yeah, our full, every song that we knew, uh, in between every single song was just our drummer's parents, you know, bless them. Yeah, just like, (laughs) and like not even into it. It's not their kind of music. They're just like. They were, they were supportive though. They they recognized that we were getting like, we were getting beat up a little bit. (laughs) It was, you know, it's mortifying. It's from the other bands. Yeah. You know, obviously, though, between... Like, that was logistically this horrible thing. I think between that and that Pittsburgh show, that Pittsburgh show was worse, though. Because we had this expectation going into it. Because, you know, we're so far away... We're away from home. We're, like, you know, giving it our best shot. Mm. We're trying as hard as we can. We're trusting in, like, a promoter to, like, get somebody at the show. Mm. And we're just... It's... What do you got? I just thought of that Paris show... Where the promoter, this is a boxing show. Where right. we show up and the promoter is like, "Yeah, we're not even going to give you water because no one cares about you, and we can't wait till you leave." Yeah, like lit, like word for word. Translate that from French, or like, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that if you translated it from French, it probably would have been worse than it would have been a lot uh, less nice. Suffer, yeah, good. but yeah. it actually ended up being a great show. Yeah, it was fine. Wow. And yeah, then the, promo- the promoter apologized mm. because oh, because we ended up selling out the venue. Yeah. But, but no one no one bought tickets before, so we thought no one was going to come. Oh, man. So promoters, get your shit together. Get your get shit, shit together. together. Get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Foxy, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I said to Jeff and all my friends, I'm Bob.